taking accountability and taking the steering wheel of your life. You can either be a passenger in that damn vehicle and have no control aside from just sightseeing. And you can wait until you reach your final destination or you can sit in the driver's seat, grip that wheel tight, and you get to choose all of those views along the way. All the people that you pick up and throw in your vehicle and all the beautiful places that you get to stop. Metaphorically speaking, Yellowstone, Glacier National Park, go down the, the Keys, all of these different things. Owning your space means taking control and the steering wheel of your life and picking up all of the people that are gonna help to lift you and creating a network and beauty along that journey and making it the most memorable, impactful journey ever. That's what owning your space means to me. Thank you so much for pressing the play button. That was Scott Lynch, host of The Motivated Mind, a podcast I've been listening to for the past year. Scott is super intentional, thoughtful, and on a mission to help all of us be better human beings for ourselves and the ones we love. See, life is simply complex. How do we focus on what's important to us and be present in the moment? It's a balance every day. If you are trying to be better and get more out of life, then you are in for a treat. If this is your first time tuning into the show, I'm your host, Jason Johnson. This is Own Your Space. And for the next 40 plus minutes, tune in to you as you listen to my conversation with Scott Lynch. Well, Scott, I've been listening to your show, The Motivated Mind, for a little over a year now. And mm-hmm. Um, you've literally been in my ear uh, during my morning routine, whether it's been on the treadmill or uh, my nice quiet drive. I've got about an hour commute into work and uh, you've inspired me and uh, your messaging and I just love it. And so I wanted to do you the honor of introducing yourself to my listeners. Perfect. I appreciate it. One super, super grateful for you listening. Um, All right. So who am I? So I started the motivated mind back in October 15 of 2018. And I really started it for one large reason. So about five years ago in December, my best friend took his life. And for a long time, I was looking at how did I not see his pain? And I was sitting in that world and looking in the wrong areas. And it finally dawned on me, that what I really needed to be doing was looking outward and looking to the future and how I could bring some light to those sitting in darkness or surrounded by darkness. And so podcasts have obviously been a huge platform for people to get their message out, share content with the world. And I so, so I thought that it would be a really fitting place to share that message. And beyond that too, you know, there obviously it's called the motivated mind. Part of that message around mental health too, secondary to that, is about going out there and really creating the life that you want. And I have been surrounded by people over time that sit in this world of, well, I don't have control. I don't have the ability to do these things. Look at where I grew up, all of these things. And I've surrounded myself by people that have 
a major piece of adversity and have been able to bust through to greatness. So I started my first company when I was 21. I started my second one when I was 23 and I'm on my current third one right now. And so the, the world is a massive, massive place, but we get so tied up into the now and what's in front of us and we lack perspective and elevation in our life. So what I really am my mission in life is to really build my mountain while helping to build other people's mountains at the same time. And this podcast, my podcast has been a great platform to accomplish or, you know, work on that mission. Wow, man. Uh, first, uh, you know, my, my condolences about your friend. I mean, such a huge, huge life event. Um, and it sounds like that was your, your pivotal moment in, or mm -hmm. one of your major pivotal moments in life. And, you know, I heard you say quite a bit there, but, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me is having that vision to create the life that you want and also being in the moment. Um, I, you know, you said we so often just look a few feet in front of us or just, you know, we're, we're trying, we can't get beyond those things. And I, and I, I think that that's so important to, to see past that and mm -hmm. see where you're going. And I love that about listening to you talk. And, uh, but I also think that navigating your moment and being so present is like, it's like balancing that, you know, a hundred percent. Everything in life comes down to balance, right? A, a great example is as COVID started, at least in the U.S., there was mass a massive shift in behavior and people's ability to to work from home. It was challenging, right? You have kids, you have yeah. distractions, all of these different things, and. Now that the the world, or at least here in the U.S., you know, some people have started to go back to the office, being able to manage a balance of things or draw a line. Because I've talked to a lot of people that struggled through that transition that, man, the days just flew by and I feel like there's no separation. Well, yeah, you're not walking through your front door and then coming back in so the day can kind of mesh together. And I use that example because life is literally about balance, whether it be with the food we eat exercising our, our mental health, which I say that is the biggest digestive system that we are, that we, a majority of people forget about, but it all comes down to simply balance. And when I say balance too, I don't mean every day it's going to be a 50, 50 split. Some days it's going to be 70, 30, right? Yeah. And it's what you need for that day. So Many of us have this very binary thinking. It's either black or white. Well, there's so much gray area, and that gray area is really important to focus on and be able to adjust every day. The, the way I think about it is someone walking a tight line, right, or tight rope, and you're not going to be perfectly balanced as you walk across that rope with the bar in your hand, right? Some At some moments, you're gonna be leaning to the left and you're gonna be leaning to the, the right. And that rope is life. And that balance is, is daily. It's never going to be perfect, but it's figuring out what your needs are that day, being able to prioritize things, being able to be mission focused, but also be present. And that balance is a really good way to stay present. Because if you're having to balance, you're having to be thoughtful about what do I need today? And I always ask myself at the beginning of the day, what are the one, two, three major things that if when the day ends and I put my head on the pillow, 
I would I would tell myself it was a successful day, irrelevant of the things that happened, spilling coffee on myself, getting stuck in traffic, uh, bad news, you know, a, a lawsuit, whatever the case is, being able to set some parameters there, I think is really important and a, a great way to stay present, but be mission focused too. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, I have this phrase that I think about, and it, it's really relevant with you and it's simply complex that life is so simple mm -hmm. that we complicated ourselves but yet it's so complex in how we navigate our moment or the decisions that we make that that balance like you said some days you have to kind of go all in on the activity and and then some days you have to recharge yep yeah a hundred percent. And, you know, a, a lot of us have a habit of getting stuck on those things that in the moment seem like they're world ending. Right. And, and I certainly didn't make up the saying, but it's just a moment in time. Right. You can allow it to be a moment in time or you can allow it to be a longer moment in time. Right. The event already happened. So. It now is up to you what energy you want to you want to dedicate further to that thing, right? And I do one-on-one -on -one sessions, and I remember jumping on with, with someone, and she had asked, man, how do you separate from those things? And it said, you know, what I told her is I said, the things already happened. So I have, and it's a daily, daily practice, remind myself what is in my control and what is not in my control. If the event happened, that event I cannot control. The, the, the universe, the world, whatever you believe in, it happened. It's there. It's, again, a moment in time. Now, I can evaluate that event as traumatic as it may be. And let my and I'm certainly not alluding to the fact that you pass by your emotions and you don't listen to what your heart and mind are saying. No, certainly take the time that you need. But there are so many just small things that happen in people's lives and they let it ruin their whole day, their whole week. And time is the one asset that no matter how, how wealthy you are, I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Oprah, it doesn't matter. You cannot buy more of it. And when you really think about that sentence and think about the impact that you cannot buy more of it, you cannot go to a file cabinet, pull out a folder and add more to it, can't go to the gas station, fill up more time in yeah. your life. That's it. When you realize the value and how big that truly is, you start to say, okay, what can I control and what can't I control? And how do I separate emotion from fact? And how do I digest that information to, of course, sit with it depending what it is, understand its, its, its value, its lessons, and be able to take that as a productive moment and move forward through time to grow? Yeah, I love that, man. Um, it, time is really the only thing that's truly consistent. And the consistency is that it changes from one moment to the next. Right. And uh, the beautiful thing about having a moment, whether it's positive or negative, is that you have another moment and you can move forward with with what you've learned. Um, I, you know, I, I don't do uh, consulting or, or any of that stuff, but I lead a team of people. And sometimes I think that... Um, people are kind of beside themselves when something big happens in the, in the wrong way, how quickly I am to just let them off the hook and say, okay, well, how are we moving forward? And, mm -hmm. and, 
And the more that we can do that, the better we become as, as human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love that you, you take that approach with your team and I'm the, I'm the same way, right? I, I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was a little shit in high school. I was always at the principal's office and a lot of people are like, wow, that blows my mind. And it's like, well, I've grown, of course, over the years since high school. It's been quite some time. <laughs> right. We we all have. And I don't think that's a bad thing to to share those those moments in our time. And there was something that my principal always said in that own up to the mistake, take accountability for it. And I'm not really upset or aggravated at you that the mistake happened because you need to find out that way, but just don't, don't do it again, right? Learn from its lessons. And I think that, you know, not to get off on a tangent in our educational system, but we penalize students for taking those chances that that risk in life is literally about taking risks. So we've built a cage for people to say, well, don't go outside the cage. Hey, you need a bathroom pass to go to the bathroom, but yet you can get your license at 16, depending what state you are, right? To drive with someone over 25. And again, laws differ state to state, but it's so ironic that that's the case. Need a bathroom pass, but can drive on the road and have people's lives in your hand. And again, not to get off on a tangent on that, but life is about taking risk. Life is about making mistakes. Life is about learning. So it's natural to have some of these challenges and be faced with some of these challenges. But what's really important in those challenges, like we were kind of talking about earlier, is separating emotions from facts. You know, one of my companies, we had a, a trademark incident where we have an official trademark from the federal government. There's another company with another name in another state, and we're going to have to send them a cease and desist. And the, the owner of that company, uh, this other company, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, had approached figure, finding out information about our business in a very unprofessional um, way, right? And when that employee was telling me about this event, he, and he should be, he was very caught off guard, right? He didn't think the meeting was going to be what it was, but it looked like it was an investigation where it was so deceitful. And it's unfortunate that there are people like that. However, he was super emotional when he had called me, like, I don't know what to do. I hope I didn't share too much information. Da, 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 da. And I let him vent, but I said, listen, what we've got to do is get your feet back on the ground. We got to have your toes touch the gravel. And what I mean by that is you, this is very fresh. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to separate your emotions from facts. And if I can separate those two things, you, and you are entitled. That's a one time I use the word entitled. You are entitled to your emotions and how you feel. Nobody can take that away from you. But what I want to do here is I want to understand what the facts are so I can make progress and talk to our attorney about what needs to get done on that side. And then we can talk about your emotions and how you're feeling and how to handle those in the future. And I think those are really important as an individual to separate both of those components and be able to, again, make progress and learn from the lesson. Yeah, it definitely takes practice to be able to compartmentalize the, the two uh, differences because, you know, you, you've mentioned emotion several times and emotion is energy in motion and it drives us to make decisions. And, you know, people, people use the phrase, oh, I had this gut feeling and that's my, you know, my gut told me this is what I should do. And then, so I've always believed that, you know, that, that emotional piece, when you're 
when your thoughts are clear, the emotional piece uh, drives us and then our mind kind of comes in and takes over the process. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear that a lot, um, you know, in, in your, your, your podcast, you're, you're talking about, I mean, you literally, uh, step one, step two, step three, and, and then you interject your personal experiences. And I just love that, man. I love that process that you walk through. Yeah. To add back to your, to your point, I, I super appreciate that. It, everything can be solved in life, literally everything. And people think that's such a, a crazy statement. It's like, no, I, I'm not saying when we use the word solve, you're not solving it in the moment. It might be over a year. It might be over five years, but you're making progress towards that solution. But there is a practical way to look at things to your point earlier about life is very complex, but it's also very simple. And again, those two things can coexist. We are a majority of the time we are a species that does that back to that binary thinking standpoint, one or the other, Democrat or Republican, right? That's always the way our mind goes. And there's so much larger space there. When you understand that larger space, those are the moments when you can simplify things because we naturally overcome, we naturally overcomplicate things. And we overcomplicate things because, well, one, it's our our natural state. So it's very challenging for for a majority of us to take a step back and say, okay, what's happening right now? What are the emotions that I'm experiencing? And how do I think I can move past this? And when we say move past this, we're not forgetting that thing that happened or burying it under a rug, which is where a lot of us get tripped up. Right. You get a bill in the mail, throwing it in your couch cushion doesn't magically make the bill go away. Certainly, you have to face that thing. And it's that fight or flight natural in our DNA from, you know, our ancestors hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Now, certainly there's not a pterodactyl coming down to to kill us. And I know that was humans weren't around when that happened, but you get the the analogy yeah. here. And I think that a lot of us need to just accept the moment, sit with the moment and be able to make progress past the moment, but be thoughtful that this can be very simple or it can be very, very complex. And I think honestly, a lot of us make it complex because it's a way to avoid those things. So we say, oh, geez, it's this really complex thing and I really don't want to deal with it right now. Okay, well, it's very intimidating when things are complex, right? Think of it in Rubik's Cube. You look at it and you go, oh, geez, this is really hard. Well, it's very easy to set that Rubik's Cube down and not have to solve it, right? Line up all the colors on each side. But if you actually sat with it and planned for a moment and thought, this could be done in X moves, then it's less intimidating and your ability or the threshold, the resistance to address that thing becomes so, so simple. And I think for each of us, we need to really every single day refine our operating system. And if we can refine our operating system, there's never a threshold or a day where it's going to end where you're like, hey, I'm optimized. I'm the perfect. My mind is a perfect operating system. No, absolutely not. But If you practice this daily, you can take very complex things in life or that you once thought were complex and over, I don't want to say oversimplify them, but simplify them to a point where they're digestible, which allows you, which allows them to be approachable, which allows you to tell yourself, well, this is doable. 
right? This is possible. And I think that's the piece that we need to dive down to the root of that it is possible. Everything is possible. It might take more planning. It might take more time to step back and really elevate yourself on that thing, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you, you, you said a lot there. And uh, when we go through life and we, we complicate things ourselves in, in really it's about, uh, I mean, you talk about it a lot, uh, perspective. It's where mm -hmm. is your mind about the situation. And I, you know, I try to talk to people a lot about that, about perspective, because when you get over it, then you, uh, you've allowed yourself to move forward. And sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, Jason, a pile of shit is still a pile of shit. Mm. And, and, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, when, when somebody says something like that, that th it just is what it is. I, I actually have used that saying it is what it is, but in maybe a little bit of different context, it's when I say it is what it is, it's accepting that it is what it is, right? So yeah, sure. It's a, it's a pile of shit, but maybe it's stinking up one room and it needs to be moved into the toilet and properly <laughs> disposed of. So that would be my, my comment, my, my comment back to those people. I think that again, it's yes, it still is a pile of shit, but it doesn't ruin the entire room. Right. It's a yeah. it's a it's a small portion of a room that can be removed to make the room smell better. Right. And you shit on the in the room all day. And, yeah, it's going to smell bad. But that choice is yours. Right. To either yeah. clean it up or just not do it in the first place. It's crazy that we're using shit here as a, an analogy, but hopefully <laughs> it really resonates with 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 people. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I just. It is what it is, yes, but it is what it is in the fact of I'm going to accept it for what it is and be able to build from this. And, and here's the biggest thing, Jason. When you have a higher purpose, a mission in life, this stuff is almost irrelevant. It's so it's, – I don't want to use the word meaningless because it, it has value like we've been talking about. But when you have defined your purpose, your mission in life, it is so much bigger than one thing, whether it be an item, uh, an event, uh, a place, uh, you know, a, a challenge, any of these things. When you're mission and purpose driven and you're addicted, you're obsessed with that picture, you, everything else seems so small and it's way more digestible. Yeah. For example, I have in plenty of moments, either before a meeting or driving somewhere to get myself in a headspace, I will listen to some songs that really inspire me. And I don't even really hear the lyrics. It's more of like the beat, the melody that really gets the hair standing on my arm and saying that it doesn't matter what happens today. I am so goddamn driven over my mission and my passion in life that nothing is going to stop me. That doesn't mean that I can't be an empathetic person. I can't be kind. I can't support people. So I always say building my mountain while lifting others up with me. But when you, when you fantasize, and I will use the word fantasize because I do this. When I, when I fantasize over my, my mission, my purpose, and, and that journey, I become so addicted to, to getting, I should say getting to that place, but that journey, that process, that all of the things that all those speed bumps, the dead animals in the road, the cracks in the road, the, the, the potholes, the washouts, it doesn't matter 
It does not matter. And if you can obsess over that and visualize that every single day, whether it be through meditation, whether it be you know a practice or a routine in the morning, whether it be a note, a picture, a quote, whatever it is for you, listening to music like it is for me, and just closing your eyes and really thinking about what that mission means to you and how impactful in your purpose that it's bigger than any one thing, you are unstoppable, unstoppable. And I think more people need to get to that place. Yeah, I, I really, really like that. You, you know, you mentioned that you listen to music to kind of get into your headspace, and but you don't, uh, you don't listen to the words necessarily. Mm-hmm. That so it's kind of you want to get in the right headspace, but that music has a feeling that ignites your inner core. Mm-hmm. And then your inner core allows your headspace to become so crystal clear about your mission. Mm-hmm. And it, so I'm constantly looking at, you know, uh, the heart and the mind and the, the heart has its own mind and there's neurons and how does the heart, you know, actually talks to the mind and that helps us get into that headspace about our mission and our purpose. And it's just really, really powerful stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's the thing too. I, I love that you made that connection between the heart and the mind. When that, when the, the music is playing for me and I'm getting into those places and it's never, you know, one song, they're random songs, but that might be a new song that just came out that I really love the beat, the melody behind it. The hair standing up on my arms are not only because I'm, I'm fantasizing that future, that mission, that purpose, but I'm trying to expose, let the emotions come out of how it's going to feel as I continue to make progress. So a good example would be when people DM me that listen to the podcast and say, hey, listen, I've been serving overseas for five years and I'm now moving back into civilian life and it's super challenging and your podcast has allowed me to get back into the the civilian world and go through all that trauma or, Hey, you know, I was suicidal and listening to your podcast for the last month has completely changed my perspective on life. Those things, those messages really bring these emotions and feelings that are absolutely priceless that no dollar could ever bring me or, you know, anybody else I'm sure too receiving those types of messages. And so when I think about my mission or my purpose, and I think about what, when that, that music is playing, I put myself into how does it feel when you receive those messages? How does it feel to know that you've helped someone love themselves more or treat their spouse differently or be a better, better father or a better mother or be a, a better neighbor or be a better leader, whatever it is, knowing that I have the control, the ability to impact other people's lives and compounded. It's massive because how it domino effects into the the world, into the universe. So in that moment, understanding or letting those emotions come up of how I feel during those moments, and I can do that in perpetuity, that keeps me driven. That keeps me mission focused. And I think that's the fuel, the burst that I need. That's my that's my my cocaine for my brain, but a healthy form of a drug, right? It's naturally produced, yeah. and 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 I can continue to produce that fuel every single day if I want to. Yeah, I love that 
just being a better human being in whatever capacity that looks like for, for you, me, the listeners, uh, just being a better human being. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going to kind of switch here because I, 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 we're kind of touching on the subject, but Scott, what is, what is your definition of success? Because so many times people relate it to status, uh, the, the car they drive or, or how many, you know, downloads they have or all any of that stuff. And so I just wanted to, you know, kind of have you talk a little bit about what success means to you. Success to me is not money. It's not a house. It's not a piece of land. Success to me is pure happiness. And what I mean by that is you're happy with not content, right? I, I'm not a huge fan of the word content because that means we're kind of like complacent and we're like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to grow. To me, success is happiness. Happiness means that you love yourself. You love the life that you lead. You know that you're making progress, whether it's you know 0.5% or it's 5% every single day, whatever that is. To me, it's pure happiness. And it's, again, treating the world and just being a better human being. I think that we, you're 100% right, Jason, that we think we hit success when it's, Oh, when I, you know, have a net worth of $10 million or when I have a big house with seven rooms or whatever. No, no, no. That stuff doesn't actually bring you happiness. It brings you momentary happiness, but those things go away. And there's a good, there's been plenty of studies on this that actually looked at the human brain after an experience versus purchasing products. So whether it be a a TV, whether it be a new computer, a new car, and then looked at brain activity after an experience, going out with your friends, going on a vacation with your spouse or having a child, right? Or things like that. And the longevity of that activity in the brain was substantially longer in those events and long, longer term than purchasing a product. It was very short term. And so to me, really success is unlocking and understanding that. And when we don't use things as cover-ups, right? Buying a BMW to impress your neighbors when you're in debt up to your eyeballs, you know, the, the fake it till you make it that you've heard people talk about all the time. To me, success is pure happiness. And that doesn't mean that your life is perfect. No, 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 no. But it goes back to the points that we were talking about earlier, accepting things, uh, understanding how life can work in your favor and gaining that perspective. That's success to me because why that success to me is when you hit that, that, that level in life, again, you're unstoppable. So then of course you can get all of that other stuff in the future, right? You can have a a higher income, have multiple streams of income, uh, surround yourself with more successful people that are happy to themselves that you aspire to be. And that is the great unlock of it all. Yeah. uh, I love that, man. Um, You know, I hear you say a lot, invest in your happiness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when I hear the word invest, a lot of times it goes to a financial Mm -hmm. aspect, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about whether creating those moments for yourself, those, those moments of happiness, invest in your happiness, do the things that you love, do the things that, uh, provide value to you. And I mm-hmm. just, I love your messages, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. The, listen, there is, 
there's an abundance of, of opportunity out there. It, and that's why it hits me so hard when someone doesn't see that. And I want to jump in with them because I, I want to be like, I, I was there before, you know, of course we've, we've, we've all been there before and many of us are still at, at, at this place, but I want to shine that beacon of light to say, listen, you, you ever been in an airplane, right? And when you're in an airplane and you looked at, as you take off, things look massive compared to the airplane, right? Buildings, obviously you can be in a massive airplane in a bigger building. So beside, but as you take off, everything gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And by the time you're at 10,000 feet, cars look like ants, like a dot on a screen, a pixel on a screen. And then as you're at 35,000 feet in altitude, cruising altitude, 35, 36,000 feet, at some points, depending cloud coverage, you can see the curvature of the earth. And I've looked out the window and just said, this place is fucking massive. This is huge. There are billions of people out there that are doing some remarkable things and engaging in some remarkable projects and bringing some massive impact. And when you just see that and say every single day, I want to be in that airplane. Now, if I want, I can land on the strip. I can go around and I can explore and I can do all of these different things, but I have that control, that ability to go from 5,000 to 35,000 feet. And to me, that unlock is something that more of us need to experience and it saddens me when people haven't experienced that because there's so much beauty on the other side. And I really want to unlock and show everybody. It's like a, a, a puppy, right? That doesn't know there's food that you put down. Then you grab the puppy, you show the food, and then the puppy gets all excited, right? I want to show people that look at all this food, look at all this energy, look at all this possibility, look at all of this opportunity, but you've got to do it every single day, meaning expose yourself, you know, be vulnerable. It's what I try to do on the podcast. I've painted a picture of, you know, my parents getting a divorce at a younger age, the impact that brought to me, you know, quitting drinking and what that meant to me, all of these different things. I do it not because I, I want to brag or say, uh, what was me or anything like that. I want to be vulnerable with people. So they understand that this is natural. This is okay. And yeah. very happy, successful people out there that you engage with are not the people that judge you. Right. The the think of uh, football players, American football. Right. All the fans in the stands. Oh, you guys get paid millions of dollars. How do you drop that ball? Well, it's really easy to say that. But when you get a bullet from Tom Brady and I'm from New England and I still love him, the goat, when you get a bomb from from Tom Brady, try catching that goddamn ball while you have pads on while sprinting, while a corner is chasing you down and then putting your head over your shoulders. It's not as easy. But the players on the field don't judge each other. They push each other to become better players. So every day we can either be in the stands of that stadium or we can be on the damn field surrounding ourselves with other players that are aspiring to be better people every single day. And I think that's that's the key to it. You get to control that process, that experience. Be on the field with people. Don't be in the stands being someone who critiques other people and judges the world. If you want to evaluate something, look inward and evaluate yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you beat yourself up over that evaluation process. You understand that there's room for improvement. You're accepting of that, and you're able to say, this is what I need to do to do these things. And I actually do it uh, with, with my teams. I do upward reviews every single month with my teams. And I say, what do you have for me? A business related or not, I need to see where I can improve. And if it's your 
your feelings, your emotions, your perspective, I want to be aware of what those things are and, and not be judgmental about them, accept them, take them in and not judge myself for them and say, wow, I didn't realize that at all. But now that it's been brought to my attention, I can address that thing and I can keep moving. Yeah, that's, that's great that you do that month monthly with your team. It's a constant check-in um, mm -hmm. because I think that, you know, you said it uh, so often people have these experiences and they think that they're the only ones that are going through this and to be able to have constant conversation and talk about being vulnerable um, is it just allows people, I, I, I use the phrase, it lets somebody off the hook, like, mm -hmm. like just, it's okay. Cause perfection is, is bullshit. Like it doesn't exist. We all have these flaws, these scars. We all have our story of what we've been through, what we're going through and shit that's going to happen tomorrow that we don't know about. It's, it's how we perceive it, how we look at it, how we navigate it, how we uh, look at that moment. And it's okay. It, it's okay. It doesn't matter um, what happens to you. Uh, just how you respond to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, 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 and taking another layer, Jason, of that to the perfectionism, not only is it bullshit, but it's normally a security blanket for a, a lot of us, right? So saying, well, I still need to do this. I still need to refine this. I still need to work on this. Those are excuses not to take action. And I tell people this all the time. It really, you know, I've talked to people that said, hey, I'm looking to start a podcast, wondering what equipment to buy, this and that. And I'm like, don't overthink it. Record it on your goddamn phone. Record it on, you know, a cheap mic. It really doesn't matter. If you're really driving value to the world, people will listen, you know, and, and as you get better at it, sure, then you can upgrade things. Like, for example, the setup that I have on now, I didn't have this. I had a super cheap mic and some cheap headphones and just started producing content just to, to get my word out there. It really didn't matter about the quality. But once I produced enough, you know, um, episodes, I said, okay, now I can take a deeper look into what are other avenues I, I can, I can look at in order to increase the quality, but I never strive for perfection. If I, you know, mess up or any of those other things. And I, I just think that perfectionism is a security blanket and an excuse to not do that thing. And if there's one word that I despise in this planet, and I never use that word, it's excuses. They drive me crazy because excuses are not going to allow you to become a better person and really share yourself with the world. I always say, imagine how many, let's continue to use Tom Brady's, but not even in the sports world. I mean, in where he is in his profession. Imagine how many Tom Brady's or even Oprah's are out there that because they have used excuses with themselves, because they have just delayed on action, have not touched the world. Think about that unlock. If we were able to flip a switch and remove excuses, remove perfectionism, how many people out there would be some of the most impactful people that we have ever, like the next Jay Shetty of the world, whoever you you look up to, right? That That is unbelievable. And I hope that in my mission, I can unlock some of those people. And I've had, you know, I had this woman reach out to me. She interviews, she has a podcast and interviews some really big name MMA fighters. And she sent me a DM yesterday or the day before and said, hey, I just wanted to circle back. Thank you so much for pushing me. 
and basically not using these excuses. I need someone to kick me off the ledge so I could start building that plane on the way down. And I'm enjoying the living hell out of interviewing these MMA fighters and doing what I'm happy doing. I just needed that initial push. And if you can remove those excuses that, oh, it just needs to be perfect. I need to refine this more. No, it doesn't. You know, um, MVPs, right, with a with a business or so many minimal viable products for those of you that don't know. So many businesses that just wait until it's 110% perfect. And there's so many famous founders that you'll hear that say, if if your MVP isn't embarrassing, you launched too late. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be a little embarrassing. That's okay, but you get you get more days after that. There's more 24 hours to refine that. And, and that's the important piece to understand. Yeah, man. I, it's so funny because um, I've always been involved in leadership. It started in high school, it, every job that I've had. And it was not always in a leadership role as you know, people sometimes define that, but being a leader and just kind of being vulnerable and navigating the moment and stuff. And and, you know, last year when COVID hit, uh, it, everything just came to this stop. And I've always had that creative outlet that I can pour myself into my job. But when things kind of just stopped, it was like, you know, so I started a podcast and, and to your point, you got to have the courage to, to suck. <laughs> mm -hmm. You got to just do something because I felt like the messaging that I use with my team and my customers and that I just, I needed to continue that. And so, you know, I, so, so I own your space is something that I started uh, as a phrase with my team, mm -hmm. like, like own your moment, own your space with your customer. You can't control the stuff that's going on outside of what's in your space. And so, you know, Scott, I, I appreciate you coming on today. You've added a tremendous amount of value. And I, I so I want to ask you, what does the phrase own your space mean to you? I think to me, it means taking accountability and taking the steering wheel of your life. You can either be a passenger in that damn vehicle and have no control aside from just sightseeing. And you can wait until you reach your final destination or you can sit in the driver's seat, grip that wheel tight. And you get to choose all of those views along the way, all the people that you pick up and throw in your vehicle and all the beautiful places that you get to stop. Metaphorically speaking, Yellowstone, Glacier National Park, go down the, the keys, all of these different things. Owning your space means taking control and the steering wheel of your life and picking up all of the people that are going to help to lift you and creating a network and beauty along that journey and making it the most memorable, impactful journey ever. That's what owning your space means to me. That's awesome. Uh, so I'm going to wrap it up here, but before we, before we go, um, is there anything that you want to say that, that, or add that we haven't already discussed? And, uh, and then to follow up with that, uh, please let the listeners know how they can follow you or, or get in touch with you. I know that you are all over the place, but where specifically uh, do you do you spend the majority of your time? And if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they do that? Sure. So I guess my, my final statement would be, don't live life waiting to die. I won't 
say any more than that. Just let that sentence sit with you and think about that. Write it on a sticky note every day. Hell, get it tattooed on you somewhere that you can see it. And where can people find me? So the motivated mind, you can just search that on Spotify, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind on Twitter, uh, motivated Scott. And I've been having more activity over there. I have a weekly newsletter. You can go to the motivated mind podcast.com. And there's a little box over to the right. You can sign up for the weekly newsletter that gives an in-depth breakdown of every single episode that I do. So those of you that listen to my podcast and take notes, I've done it all for you. I have weekly tips. So really another step-by-step process on how to, maybe it's unlocking happiness or defining your purpose. And then I also grab four different tools around the web, whether it be a a plugin on Chrome in order to increase your productivity, whatever it might be. So those are a few different ways. And you can hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a DM on, on Facebook too. It's the Motivated Mind Podcast. Try to get back to everybody that sends me a message. Thank you, Scott. And uh, I love that. Don't spend your life waiting to die. Powerful stuff, man. I appreciate Appreciate you having me. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Jason. And that's our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a friend that might find it helpful, please forward it on. Also, please rate the show and leave me a review. I would really appreciate that. You can also subscribe to get future episodes. If you would like to share your story or just follow me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at Own Your Space Podcast or on Instagram at JTJohnson360. You can also email me, Jason at own-yourspace.com. Thanks for tuning in. And as you go on your journey, own your space.